0: As an industry, we've been witness to incredible achievements made by some of the most acclaimed names in the industry. But as established names rise to the top, new, inexperienced voices step up to make their voices heard. Welcome to Dev Diary Next Gen, the Dev Diary spin-off series that highlights the next generation of talent coming through in the games industry. My name is Paul James, and today I'm joined by Emma McCaw, and here's her journey so far. This episode of Dev Diary Next Gen has been available for a little while now, on the DevDiary Podcast Patreon feed. So please check out the show notes, get all the details there, consider throwing a few bucks for the price of a coffee, one, for the entire month. You will get access to DevDiary Next Gen, the moment it goes live, as well as early access to the normal episodes of the show as well, whenever possible. So go check out the Patreon, consider pledging a little bit of support, you'll help grow the show even further, I really appreciate it, and enjoy the show. So today in this latest episode of Dev Dory Next Gen, I have the pleasure to be joined by Emma, how are you? Good,
1: thank you, how are you?
0: Very, very well. Um, how's the SMART program progressing so far? I know as of when we recorded is still very early days, but uh, yep. how are you finding at this, this early juncture?
1: Yeah, it's awesome. I love uh, I love being in in punk space and it's my day, it, I had my day for today. Um, so yeah, it's it's been a blast. Um, just being able to work on my project and yeah um, had a few meetings and had a few chats with uh, with the samurai uh, devs so yeah it's been great
0: that's fantastic yeah uh, it's uh, two days a week I've got that right
1: yes yeah, that's yeah, great
0: so yeah early days but uh, lots of awesome experiences ahead and there are lots of fantastic people there at both at both Samurai Punk and Summerfall and, and the many others that kind of drift in and out and work around that space. It's it's a really cool opportunity you've got and certainly look forward to picking through that a little bit more with you shortly. But um, I guess Absolutely. let's do what we always do and, and jump into kind of some of the early days and some of those ex- early experiences with video games. So I guess where did video games come to your uh, into your life in the first place? Were you playing from a very early age? Did it take a little while? Do you recall what some of the first games were that you played?
1: Yeah, so um, basically, I played all the games that my brother, my older brother, played um, when I was younger. So um, I played uh, Pokemon Emerald on the green, oh, on a green Game Boy. It Very was, nice. Yeah, I love that one. Um, my first. Too. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, I played um, Assassin's Creed Brotherhood uh, for the first time on my brother's PS3. Um, and that was the first Assassin's Creed game I played. And honestly, the first time, um, <laughs> funny funny story, um, I wanted to just ride on the horses. I was young at this stage. I didn't know what I wanted to do when I was gaming. so yep. And I didn't really know the basic structure of games back then. So <laughs> I hopped on the horse, I turned around and I ran straight into a tree (laughs) yeah exactly and that's my fondest moment of the assassin's creed series i don't know if that's Um, a glaring
0: indictment on the assassin's creed franchise or or just (laughs) yeah
1: (laughs) absolutely love it and um i've been playing the assassin's creed games um ever since ever since yeah so it's amazing um i played the gta 4 on ps3 um, I played the Simpsons game on PSP. Um, I played the Nintendos on, or Nintendogs on Nintendo DS. Yep. Um, and yeah, that's, that's pretty much what I can recall
0: that's as it. of now. It's a nice rounded starting point for sure. Certainly yeah. the, there's the peace and calm and tranquility of a, of a dogs versus some more brutal <laughs> yeah. elements in like an Assassin's Creed or a GTA, for yeah. example. So yeah, you certainly exactly. got a bit of a mixed bag there at the very beginning, which is which is always fascinating. How did your taste kind of evolve from there though? Did you find yourself sticking with particular franchises? Did you find yourself uh, attracted to certain genres? Anything like yeah. that at all?
1: So I'm... Um... I've noticed that I'm more into um, heavily narrative and open world games. Um, I've been playing a lot more of those. Um, so, uh, mostly on the PlayStation. Um, so games such as like Horizon Zero Dawn yep. and Horizon Forbidden West. I'm currently playing God of War Ragnarok. Ragnar- uh, Ragnar- 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 sorry. Um, even though that's not really open world, that's more closed world. Um, it's still it's still designed. Perfectly, it's beautiful.
0: It's that open um, hub structure where you've kind of got, yeah, you've got these little closed spaces, but they're huge.
1: Yeah, exactly. It feels huge. Um, but yeah, it's it's designed, the level design is just perfect. Um, I've played Skyrim, I can't count how many times I've replayed that, maybe at least five times. Ooh, yeah, um, very nice. yeah, it's I've done maybe over 300 hours on Skyrim. Um, I love the Red Dead Redemption 2 and Ghost of Tsushima and Jedi Fallen Order. So, all of those big uh, AAA companies um, and those open world narrative games are just, yeah, I love them.
0: Is it the combination? So, you said you know, narrative and open world. Is it really that, that blend of those two elements that mm-hmm. makes those games really yeah. attractive? Or is it like, because yeah. obviously we've touched on a few of those big AAAs in that capacity there, but are, are those more. Primarily um, narrative-focused titles, you know, maybe of the smaller, more indie sort of variety that aren't huge necessarily in scope. Also, something that's of interest to you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I played uh Dredge as well. Oh yes, good. Um, yes, yes. I um I absolutely loved it. Uh, I'm so thrilled that they got um that they got an award for it. So yes, yeah, um,
0: really recently. Yeah,
1: yeah, very recently. Friends of the show, um, massive shout out yeah <laughs> congratulations um so yeah um and yeah I absolutely love that game it's it's a lot of fun it's a lot of plot twists and twists and turns and yeah I I wanted to explore I'm more of like an explorer and a cheaper player type so I really wanted to get out there and explore and just test the game out and see what happens if I do this and what happens if I do that and um, the way they made the narrative uh, really helped with that too um, you know just what's happening in the dredges and yeah it's uh, it's a really good game
0: yeah lots of opportunity to kind of test the boundaries within a, a smaller more closed game like that but also those big open <laughs> worlds as well so there, it does seem like there's a, yeah, a bit of a through line from even those early experiences through to now with with you know yeah, trying to push the limits a little bit and what, what these games can do and that's it's a really cool quality to have especially when you're looking to get into some game dev stuff and certainly with some of the experiences that you've also had in the space already so yeah. i guess as we transition from the the playing and pure consumption focus of video games to moving towards this day and age where we're talking about making them was there yeah. always an interest early on to actually get involved in making video games or did that take a little while before it emerged for you?
1: Honestly, it took a little while. I didn't really think about game development until uh, maybe a few years after I graduated high school. I, I knew I loved games and I'll, I remember in year 12 telling my teacher I absolutely loved games, but I guess like I just didn't really get that, um, that connection. Yep. Um, and it wasn't until uh, one of my friends used to uh, go to SAE. Um so I went to SA in Melbourne oh, yeah. for studies. Um, I did a Bachelor of Games Film and Game Design in that, and uh, he did audio production. Um, and I'll share him out later. Yeah, please. On. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so he's uh, he has he owns a studio called Burn Studio, um, and yeah, he's just skyrocketing, and I love seeing that. So um, he only just started a few years ago, so um, yeah um basically yeah he basically motivated me to get into the uh into sae and i was either thinking of either film or um or games and i was like well why not try out games just try out the diploma uh see how i go with that and i absolutely loved it so i went on to my bachelor's and yeah and here we are yeah we are
0: (laughs) um and so i guess as we start to move into experiences and those sorts of things that you've done so far um you know we, we spoke about kind of pushing the boundaries a little bit of games and the like and well I guess you've got some experience in a little bit of QA as well so that I mean part and parcel of that role is pushing the boundaries of what games can and can't do and so what sort of experiences in QA have you had so far any any games that can be discussed on the show um, you know there's different sorts of NDAs and games that have yeah. not haven't released so I'll obviously respect those but have there been any that the, the listeners would be aware of that we can or we're allowed to talk about that you've had a hand in on the QA side
1: Um, it's very minimal. Um, it's more my, uh, my projects at SAE that I've done. Um, so I am working on a project, uh, right now. There is no NDA or anything, so it's just a test project. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, so I'm working on a VR multiplayer game with two other graduates, um, as a producer in QA tester. Um, we're just in the pre-production phase, so we're still getting into the prototyping um so once the prototyping is happening uh, is starting i'm gonna start um start working on the qa and honestly i'm excited for that um and yeah because like the vr uh, qa and vr is just it's so much different to uh compared to mobile or to the other platforms like pc um it's yeah it's Quite different, um, and yeah, I don't
0: know how to add to that. No, no, that's fair. And we'll we'll dive certainly into the, those VR elements and other bits and pieces shortly. Yeah. Um, I guess I I kind of forgot to ask along the way there, but would you? I mean, obviously we've we've discussed several different games, and there's certainly a through line through a lot of those. But would you say that there was any combination of those that necessarily put you on that path? That you know, at least put games on the radar? Because as you said, you got to you got to the course, and you had that option to go either way. Would you say that there was any any experiences along the way that perhaps were responsible for nudging you towards games as that first one? I'll you know, I'll try that because it's very easy for you to have gone. I'll go try film first. Was mm. there? was there a game or collection of experiences that prompted you to go the the direction of games?
1: Honestly, I can't remember. Back then, it was in twenty twenty, and I oh, can't well, that remember my back then. Yeah, exactly. Twenty twenty
0: <laughs> was five years long.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I can't remember my exact thoughts, but I just my I guess I just saw my true calling for games. I awesome. um I just did the tour at SAE and and I was like, yeah, I absolutely love it. So we'll go ahead with it. Um, no, that's that's yeah. fantastic.
0: And yeah. um uh, yeah, I guess completing those studies in twenty twenty um or working through yeah. those studies in twenty twenty what was what was that period like? Because obviously uh, game development at any sort of level whether we're talking big AAA, indie or whether you're mm. studying there's a huge networking component to it and a lot of that was stripped away from you through that year at really kind of a key point at the beginning there where you're trying to establish yourself and and meet people and and the like so what was that year like for you and I guess by extension 2021 as well because you know it didn't just yeah it was a two year arc um and some of like you still not done but yeah uh, <laughs> Yeah, what was what was that period like for you as you're trying to establish you're still trying to learn this course, but there's there's this backdrop that is a pretty nasty and disruptive one.
1: Mm, yeah, it was it was quite difficult um, as I didn't do studies, uh, I didn't do previous studies online,
0: yeah.
1: um, so it was quite an interesting take on it. Um, and I didn't get to actually meet meet my classmates until maybe a year after, so um yeah i i think i think doing my diploma was fine um i think doing a capstone during Uh. <laughs> like the final project yep. uh during the COVID, then it wouldn't have been great to be honest um it's definitely more of a in studio in um in person in university yeah kind of project so yeah um i yeah i think i did a good job um it was it was tough to say the least um but i learned a lot about uh you know more technology more about technology and all that so so
0: yeah yeah i mean not not too many people be able to say that they <laughs> no. know, completed a large chunk of their studies through circumstances like that so um it's certainly a unique thing and also i'm sure like very a character building but also great for skill sets and those sort of things in terms and um, project management, all those sort of things, when you're having to collaborate and work together with other people in ways that you, well, certainly in the industry didn't typically do beforehand. There are always a few exceptions of studios that embraced a remote model. I certainly think of uh, Moon Studios, the team responsible for Ori, um, as a as a really great example of a team that was doing it before it was cool. No, before before the pandemic kind of brought it upon us all. Mm-hmm. But um yeah, it's I guess enduring that while you're starting is a, is a different a different thing. Mm. So. So I guess congratulations for kind of getting through it for starters. (laughs) Thank
1: you. (laughs) But it's also, yeah, It's sorry. sorry No, no, you're right. It's also a good learning curve for remote jobs nowadays. Um, It's, you know, we're so used to remote jobs and uh, and hybrid jobs and it's just changed the world forever. So
0: it's certainly opened up more opportunities for people, if nothing else. Um, And, yeah, yeah, the world has seen that, and the game development scene has seen that it can work and it's just a matter of, optimizing these things a bit of min maxing to bring in some games language there that you know if we can optimize these things in just the right way that that combination of remote staff as well as face to face can can work a treat and then of course again there's the studios that just dominate and they're remote anyway so um it's it's really really cool and and certainly opens up a lot of opportunities too because there is that global component this this is a global industry but we do get regions such as ours that are just through sheer distance oh, we are quite disconnected from the rest of the world and it opens up opportunities for people here to go work at big studios but not have to go face to face yeah which is which is cool um so i guess we'll, we'll continue down the, the 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 development path and and obviously the games producing qa and and uh the vr experiences you've had so um there's liminal vr there's oceans paradise where do these all come into the mix
1: so i did liminal vr uh during my work placement. Um, So that was, uh, from October, 2022 to, uh, December, 2022. Um, and I worked on ocean's paradise, uh, throughout my work placement at Little VR, um, I, it was my first VR project that I've ever done. Um, and I didn't really, I didn't have a headset before doing the VR, yep. so I was completely new. Um, but it was a great challenge for me. And um, it worked out really well because the um, the game got, or the experience got published in 2023, uh, earlier this year. Um, and it was ranked uh, five out of 37 in the calm experience, which is pretty good. Um, yeah, very and cool. most of the users have reported feeling calm uh, which that's exactly what we wanted. Um, and, you know, calm and relaxed after immersing themselves in the experience. And, um, yeah, and Ocean's Paradise is the best performing student experience in the Calm Arena, which I'm absolutely grateful for. So, it's quite yeah. an honour. Um, yeah, it is.
0: But I guess for anyone who's listening who, I mean, we've touched on, you know, the importance of, you know, it's kind of embracing calms and trying to help the, the user or the, the player kind of experience that as well. Yeah. Um, for anyone who's not popped the headset on and, and given that a go, what what actually is it? So what what is that experience like for the for the user for the player? What what are they seeing? What are they feeling? What what what, what happens?
1: So for my game uh, or experience uh, specifically, um, you go through this uh, this sequence of events. Um, so you you get asked like how are you feeling at the moment um you might be feeling a bit stressed or you might be feeling calm um you might be feeling happy or sad um but a narrator kind of just they guide you through the uh experience um and with mine um you're guided by a bubble that expands and um extracts yeah oh yeah sorry expands and retracts yeah (laughs) Yeah, um, that one. Yeah. um and then yeah and then a series of events happen where a whale and a manta ray and um and a turtle just go uh go gliding through the scene so um and then you feel just calm afterwards um
0: yeah yes. no very cool um were there any because i guess you know for you the the, the VR experience, let alone working in VR experience, was was pretty new. How, how did you adjust? And I guess, what sort of uh, research did you need to do in that initial period? Because I'd imagine it's, okay, here's a VR headset. Get in, try some of these experiences. Mm-hmm. Get your head around a little bit. Um, what did you kind of learn from those? And what do you think helped you in terms of transitioning from the experimental experiential aspect to bringing it to that development side a little bit? And were, yeah. there, were there any particular titles that really helped inform the way you approached working on, yep. uh, ocean's paradise.
1: That's a great question. Um, that's something that I will have to get my mind running again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> try and remember that. It's been a little while. Um, yeah, it has been. Um, so, uh, can you repeat just a little bit? No, no, that's right.
0: So, um, I guess yeah. we'll, we'll, start with kind of those initials. So you, you've, you've started working there on, on the, on the, The title. You didn't have any experiences with VR in the beginning, so I guess what was that uh, onboarding and training for you like at the beginning? What was what was that transition period for you like?
1: It was difficult. Um, I since I didn't have a headset, I had to borrow one from university, um, which was only on specified days and uh, for a short amount of time. So, um, and the research was. Quite interesting. Um, just, I don't remember exactly what it was based on, but it was more of an idea of what game we wanted to do or what experience that we wanted to do uh, rather than what we wanted to um, base it off from. So, um, which we did a little bit of research on that um, and we found that, uh, you know, underwater it's is a good way to feel drink uh tranquil but it's also you have to get it just right um yeah otherwise it can
0: become very anxiety inducing for some people yeah as
1: well. exactly um you know you have to make the sound right and uh i think there's like a uh if when you're feeling when you're underwater you're feeling a bit claustrophobic and of course. you feel like you might be drowning as well um so you have to uh remind the player hey you're just in the headset um and just gently guide them through the experience
0: no that's that's really really cool and i certainly think of um and i guess this links to uh, plug everyone watching listening but uh former former guest on the show uh, robin arnott who was at the time this must have been 2020 now he was uh promoting a, an upcoming game at the, at the time called sound self and it was uh, the, yeah there was a vr component to it i didn't have a vr headset at the time so i had to had to play it through purely on on display on screen and that was it but it was all about that that one wasn't i guess as much of a visual thing at least for me through that it was more about and i guess as perhaps the name implies it was all about the sound and and the what like what you would hear like it really did induce this Relaxed, calmer. And I have no idea how to do it. It some sort of Absolutely. magic, as far as I was concerned. And it sounds yep. like a similar sort of path that you're going down there, where. Yeah. Because there's always, especially in a VR thing, there's always going to be this, you know, 10%, pro- I presume, in the brain of saying, well, hang on, this isn't actually real. But. Yep. These sort of experiences, when they're done right, break that down and you just exactly. find yourself lost in it. So it's. It, there's quite yeah. an art to that. And there's a lot of psychology, I'm sure, behind that, too.
1: Yep. Absolutely. Um, which uh, which Liberal VR were kind to offer us some um, some psycholo- uh, psychology or the psych docs that they have. So um, having access to that to that really helped us um, find the right uh, the right way to uh, develop this um, experience.
0: No, very very cool. Yeah. And um, with with I guess that experience behind you now, is there there more of an interest and more of an intent? To potentially explore VR again in the future, or would you? I mean, yeah. with all that love of the, I guess the "quote unquote" more traditional sort of game, is there still always going to be that itch to create something yeah, 100%. in that space?
1: Well, VR is um, one of the future, the ways of the future. Basically, um, it's it's the future of game development, um, and it's uh, it's definitely something that's new to the game industry and the game industry is new as a media form so it's so it's just um it's something good to jump on and learn how to you know it's just a great like how can i say this
0: there's a a degree (laughs) of getting in on the ground floor with it
1: yeah exactly um i'm kind of just thinking back at uh the people who entered the industry into in the 2000s early 2000s you know they didn't really have the best um the best software yeah uh and they didn't really know exactly what to do this is kind of the same with vr we're exploring into a new field and it's it's quite exciting um and i'm excited to explore a bit more and uh, find innovative ways to create games and experiences for players um, you know it's just amazing
0: <laughs> um, Would the would the hope be that if you found yourself in that space again that you go down more of that experiential path or would it be a bit more gamey for want of a better phrase
1: I think a bit of both um, you know gamey and uh, experimental um, it's you know VR doesn't have to be games but of course it's definitely yeah it's definitely great to um, stay on the pathway of uh games because that's what i'm passionate about yeah. so yeah
0: <laughs> um and i guess within the the more traditional sort of setting and with you know, all these experiences behind you over the over the years on the again the, the kind of consumerist side what do you i mean is there this, the dream game there that you'd love to to work on i mean is something perhaps it's established you know if you found yourself I don't know if i we'll Rewind to some of the Experiences you Discussed before You know suddenly Find yourself working On an Assassin's Creed Or something like that Or mm. is there is there a Particular sort of game That perhaps evokes Something that we've Discussed already Or some other sort of Game that you'd like To make
1: Funnily you mentioned That I just had this Like idea in my head What if there was a VR Assassin's Creed game There is um, one There is one Okay it's I called, need uh, to
0: uh, It's called up. Nexus <laughs> And it's on the way I, I think in the next 12 months uh, Ubisoft awesome. employ me I just Great promotion there <laughs> but yeah uh, i think in the next 12 months or so so yeah. it could be a blend of some some loves of yours there
1: yeah absolutely okay yeah i'll definitely uh look that up more um but yeah it's uh i i would love to work on the assassin's creed in ubisoft um that's one of my uh dream goals uh working in a company. But, it's definitely great to gain that uh, studio experience in uh, indie companies in Melbourne um, and raise. You know, Melbourne is just huge for the game industry um, alone and just in Australia alone. And it's definitely a great place to start my career in as well. So, and for others to start their career in. So, yeah.
0: And so, I guess that starts to transition us over to the smart program itself, which we touched on at the beginning. There, um, what are you hoping to gain from this time? You've obviously spent a little bit of time with Samurai Punk, a little bit of time with Summerfall. It's a crazy time for Summerfall summer as of when we record. But uh, I guess, what are you hoping to gain specifically? As we've touched on some of the experiences and, and the skill set that you've that you've already got, but obviously these are great opportunities to broaden that. So, is there anything in particular that you're really hoping to gain from this?
1: Yeah, so definitely more uh, industry and studio experience um, and knowledge, um, widen my network absolutely, uh, get to get to meet so many amazing and interesting people in the industry um, will be huge, uh, gain production and QA knowledge and improve my skills in those fields. Um, and I know I have a mentor at the moment in QA and I'm going to get a mentor in production. Fantastic. Um, so it's it's amazing times for me um, at the moment, and um, I would you know getting a full time job after this program would be amazing in either junior production or QA. So um, yeah,
0: no, that's that's fantastic, and obviously there's there's so many incredibly talented people in that space at Samurai Park, let mm-hmm. alone Summerfall, let alone the others that are in the space as well that. Uh, as you touched on Melbourne is uh, is a bit of a hot spot and um, it's great that you've been able to get this opportunity with teams such as those and also exactly. when it comes to uh, Samurai Punk they are just such a wonderfully quirky team there is always lots of really different ideas I mean they've dabbled in VR with things like the American Dream which is certainly not the the same tranquil experience that we were sort of discussing before but they've dabbled in VR they do traditional games they do strange off the wall ideas and then they do non-vr but still very tranquil experiences like feather it is just such an amazing studio Mm. so it's a obviously an incredible opportunity for you
1: yeah absolutely um they're amazing devs and they're so fun to talk to and it's just uh it's a very calm um and exciting space to work in so i absolutely love going there every two uh every two days per week (laughs) yeah it's
0: it's pretty pretty awesome and uh certainly i'm sure there's a lot of people quite quite envious of the opportunity that you're getting so um i'm sure on behalf of everyone listening to the show we're we're all very excited for you and hope that uh you can get everything you possibly can and who knows maybe even that full-time employment that you were just talking about Mm -hmm. so um as we as we start to wind things down a little bit um is there anyone that you look at? Maybe you've had the opportunity to work alongside. You did reference uh, someone who's obviously been quite successful already. Is there anyone that really inspires you in this game development endeavor? From from the day to, from the day to day to someone you look at from afar that you you know really look up to. Yep.
1: Yeah. So um, absolutely, my lecturers uh, first and foremost, as they were the first people there um, encouraging me. Um, so such as Sia, uh, Faye and Ed. Um, and I did an animation class, which I absolutely loved. Um, cool. I had Paul as well. Um, and uh, after I finished all that, I met my amazing mentor, Emily, uh, Emily Cox from uh, Digital Load. Uh, she's been incredible. Um, and, you know, I've been. I absolutely uh, in I'm inspired by uh, Nick Pantis who is the yes, product Nick's manager amazing. at Ubisoft. Um, they went to SAE as well and I met them before they went to Canada, so um, in person. So it was just it was just an awesome experience. And someone that I met um, at one of the game dev meetups, um, Simon uh, Salmon Newport, they uh, they're kind of on a on the same career pathway um, okay. that i i'm planning to go on to so they were in qa for five years and now they're an assistant producer so it's kind of like exactly what i want to do um so yeah i um, getting to meet some amazing new people um every month at uh gay meetups is just amazing so yeah
0: Yeah, get, getting to catch up on a little bit of that networking that 2020 yeah. kind of uh, limited exactly. a little bit um yeah in terms of The journey is early, but have there been any particularly valuable lessons that you've picked up along the way, things that really stick with you, things that any of those aforementioned people have mentioned along the way, lessons from – Well, I mean, we were talking before the show started, uh, learning lessons from mistakes and the like (laughs) in the past. Um, Anything that really sticks out to you up to this point?
1: That is a good question. Um, Everything that I've done in my studies, um, you know, as – Students, we all make mistakes, and that's good. It's good to make mistakes, and um, and we should make more of it so that we can learn more and grow more. Um, I think just uh, knowing, not knowing exactly what you want to do, but getting out there and figuring it out by uh, just changing your approach and uh, just challenging yourself and. Finding the right thing that suits for you, um, especially when you're a generalist. Um, I found that I'm a generalist, but I yep. decided it's better for me to be a producer and QA tester um, uh, because I absolutely love them, but also because they're one of the they're two of the easiest ways to get in. Um, you know, I do have a passion for level design too, and um, but you know there's no junior jobs out there so um that's something that i want to do in my uh my personal projects
0: yeah there's opportunities um, to pathway into that
1: yeah, yeah exactly so it's um yeah just just work as a team and work in your transferable skills and um yeah it's
0: nope very, very very cool and um obviously lots of opportunities ahead and and as you said like qa provides opportunities and um you know you've obviously had some of those opportunities already and hopefully again they, they bear fruit for you uh before we jump to the the lighter ones at the end there we've, we've spoken about narrative a lot and we've spoken about some games that uh with you know particularly immersive narratives that you've really enjoyed is there mm-hmm. and this spy catcher on the spot here is there a particular, like, is there a sort of story that you're really keen to tell through your own narrative? You know, and there's obviously lots of people that maybe build a game, you know, narrative-heavy game based on some experience that they've had, or maybe just there's just always been the dream story that they've wanted to tell. Do you, is there anything in particular that you're really keen to try and convey through a video game somewhere in the future?
1: Mm-hmm. So I, I am working on a demo at the moment, um, prototype and demo at the moment of... A game that is more narrative based, um, so it's definitely um, it's definitely something that I want to work on um, and um, get funding for and uh, release it out onto either Steam or PlayStation or both. Um, so um, yeah, it's. Uh... <laughs> Can you repeat the question again? Sorry. Oh, just in terms of, you
0: know, like uh, the particular type of story that you potentially want to tell. Right. Is there anything in particular that – I mean, and feel free, you don't have to necessarily share it. That's kind of spoilers, right? But
1: <laughs> Yeah, exactly.
0: Um, but, you know, I guess is there something that's perhaps narrative-wise, mm-hmm. is, is there just that particular story that you've been wanting to tell for a long time or mm-hmm. is there – one of those kind of experiential ones where, you know, you've experienced this and whatever this might, thing might happen to be and you're trying to convey that feeling or emotion of that story through a video game.
1: Yeah. So um, this one is a bit of uh, both, um, you know, what I've experienced, but also, um, you know, being unique and innovative and um, also real... Uh, real Relatable as well, yep. um, as I'm sure others have been through this experience as well. Um, so I won't spoil it Good. for anyone. Um, <laughs> I haven't figured out all the details, of so um, you'll find out in a few years, I'm sure. No,
0: no that's very <laughs> typical video games. These things evolve yep. over time, so we don't want exactly. to we don't want to burst the bubble too early. Um, some lighter ones now, as as we wrap up. If you could be credited for any game in any capacity, what mm. game would you pick?
1: Oh.
0: And remember it can be as simple as special thanks if that's what you like. You just say, hey, I worked on Assassin's Creed Brotherhood or mm. GTA four or Skyrim or whatever it happens to be. What game could you have just wish that you could have been a part of?
1: That's that's <laughs> that's an amazing question. Um so I think absolutely um absolutely Assassin's Creed uh Valhalla, one hundred percent. You know, even just special things or QA testing for that um, would would have been amazing. Um, yeah, it's just one of those things that I I love playing, and um, I you know I would have loved to be a part of that uh, a, a part of that production as yep. well. So yeah.
0: No, that's that's awesome, and uh, obviously, uh, mm-hmm. as as we touched on before, Nick Pantas, he's, he's up, uh, yeah. they're based up that way these days. So who knows? Might might get the opportunity to cross over one day, working on a, an Assassin's Creed or something exactly. under the Ubisoft umbrella. So who knows what's possible there? Um, if you could go back and replay any game, scratch mm. it from your memory, get to experience oh, yeah. it all over again, wipe yep. away those memories that have, you're so mm. fond of, and get to do it all over all over again. What game would you pick? <sighs>
1: The one that has the biggest twist in it, but I I can't remember which one has the biggest twist in it. Um, <laughs> uh, that is um, another great question. Um, hmm. Is it okay if I have a second? To think yeah, of course, about not it? a problem whatsoever.
0: Yeah. I mean, those sort of questions are yeah not easy.
1: No, definitely not. Um, I think. Hmm Honestly I absolutely loved I don't know, that's hard. Um I could say Ghost of Tsushima, um, as that's such a beautiful game and there are some amazing things that happen in the game. Absolutely. Um, And you know, I guess I don't know. That's just the only one that's on the top of my head at the moment.
0: No, <laughs> I completely understand it. It's a fantastic title. Um, yeah. Certainly lots of really striking vistas and mm. the like that you come across, and some really um, fascinating moments narratively as well. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> nope, great, great, great Thank pick. Thank you. Well, Emma, it's been fantastic having you on the show so far. Wish you nothing but the best with the. The upcoming months still uh, in the SMART program and getting to work alongside some incredibly talented developers through the local scene. Hope you can extract as much as you possibly can from the experience. If, uh, for those listening right now and who might want to learn more of what you're up to, keep an eye on some of the titles you might be working with in the future. Of course, we've got some, you know, might be a couple of years down the pipeline that we can look forward to. Where should people go?
1: Oh, yes. Um, So, i do have my twitter that is uh at emma uh, underscore underscore mccall i do have my linkedin which is emma mccall gd which is game uh game developer um and my portfolio which is emma mccall gd at squarespace.com so
0: fantastic i encourage everyone to go check all of those resources out and as i said thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing this journey so far it's been really fascinating to hear what you've had to say and and uh as, a, as i've already said now uh really hoping that you have an amazing experience through this uh smart program and that you can extract as much as possible and again who knows maybe that full-time employment as well
1: exactly thank you so much paul this has problem. been an amazing opportunity to meet with you and uh, be on this uh, amazing podcast. Thank
0: no, you. No, thank you very much. And uh, listeners, as always, thank you very much for listening and I'll see you next time. That concludes this entry of Dev Diary Next Gen. Be sure to subscribe to this feed, share it with your friends and give us a five-star review to help boost the show up the charts for greater exposure. If you have any people you'd like me to reach out to and interview, then please find me at Paul James Games on Twitter to help me get in touch with them. Until the next episode, however, that's been Emma's story. Thank you very much for listening, and I'll see you next time.